welcome to another episode of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, Chartered Psychologist and Coach, and I'm delighted you've joined us for this episode. Listeners may remember that the last two episodes explored the concept of self-awareness, why it can be a challenge, and what we can do to develop it. Well, this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the practice of journaling and how it can contribute to our self-awareness. And for this, I'm delighted to be joined by a special guest, Dr. Amy Redmond. But before we dive into this, a reminder that if you missed our recent webinar on loneliness and connection at work, uh, the recording of that is available on our YouTube channel. I'll put a link to the exact video in the show notes, but you can find it and all of our other video content at worklifepsych.tv. You'd think I would be familiar with how to say that by now. Secondly, all of the resources mentioned in the webinar are free and located on our website at worklifepsych.com forward slash connect and thrive. And this includes the Connect and Thrive Guide, uh, co-authored with Dr. Sarah Wright. And you can hear my interview with her back in episode 135 of this podcast. So let's push on. Amy, it's great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, Richard, it's lovely to be here. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. It, it's Good. super hot and sunny here in London, <laughs> and I'm thriving. I really Woo-hoo! love this weather. <laughs> Me too. I was born for summer. I think I was born in the wrong country, but um, that's uh, that's another story. Let's move. <laughs> oh, you don't know how much I want to do that. <laughs> So listen, we're, we're talking um, and have been talking about self-awareness over the last couple of, of episodes. And for listeners, if this is your very first episode, you are extremely welcome. And a quick recap, what we're talking about is how aware we as individuals can be about what makes us who we are in context and how we can respond to different situations and how we can moderate our responses and uh, moderate our behavior What it's not is knowing what kind of person we are and demanding everyone around us accept that. So inherent in self-awareness is also flexibility. Now, Amy, we're going to talk about how we can boost our self-awareness through the use of journals and, and journaling. But let's start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your interest in the use of journals. Yeah, great. So um, like lots of business psychologists, um, I've got lots of different roles. I think that um, you'll agree that business psychologists, we like to keep things quite interesting, don't we, and really complicated. <laughs> so that's certainly <laughs> what I've done. So I'm the I'm the founder of a couple of businesses. One is called Human Wonder, and that's a business that is set up to help everybody thrive through the use of uh, a huge, broad range of coach wonderful coaches and therapists and then my other business is called psychology of success and this is where journaling comes in and this psychology of success is really about um producing accessible tools to really help people build what you've described self-awareness through kind of reflecting on um, coaching questions that we know help to inspire transformational type aha moments and it's it's that that I'd love to to dive into because I know when talking to my clients and actually even just circle of friends that when you think of journals, people can get a bit awkward and feel that it's an <laughs> awful lot of work and they're looking at a blank page, but you're talking about prompts to respond to. That's quite different, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think we think about journaling and our minds go back to those awkward diaries that we kept as children. But I guess on reflection, there's a reason why we did that, wasn't there? There's a reason why I certainly as a child felt the need to keep a diary. And the diary contained things that I wouldn't say out loud to anyone, maybe. But I think, you know, we don't understand that process as children, but it's about getting our thoughts out into the world somehow. And sometimes it's a case of like closing that diary and then it's done, this sort of negative thought. Sometimes it's about producing kind of positive, positive effect through that process of thinking thinking things through and so I I produced a journal which is called the AHA journal and this this sort of came into being through my work with um, as a coach and as a psychologist I um, at, at Human Wonder we try to do as much social enterprise work as we possibly can and and we really like what we really want to be able to do is give as many people access to talking therapies as we possibly can because we know how much it helps we know how much it matters and so the the AHA journal sort of came into being as an extension of that because I wanted to produce something that was accessible for everybody and it's and and it basically contains about 100 questions really quite powerful coaching questions some questions that are really challenging but they're the kinds of questions that I've asked in live coaching sessions that often kind of trigger this chain of kind of thoughts and aha moments and realization in clients and so so I love this idea of being able to pick something up and carry it with you especially in this day and age when so many of us are chained to our desks all the time I think this ability to take a journal with you is is wonderful opportunity to just try something new and also as we know there's something about the process of writing things down isn't there that kind of helps you get things out of your head. And I think that that can be quite cathartic, just that process of getting it out of your head and and writing it down allows you the ability to kind of process thoughts in a more logical way. Absolutely. And it's something that I I discuss quite a lot in, in my coaching practice, encouraging maybe the, the the less willing clients that thinking about it is one thing, but writing it down is qualitatively different. And until they've tried that, mm-hmm. they don't notice the difference. And it's not just a nice to have research shows us that, you know, we, we're, we're better able to process uh, negative emotions when we yeah. write about them. And we don't have to write reams and reams and reams, do we? We can just simply get out of our head what we're thinking about, what's bothering us. And it can be as simple as that. Yeah, I think it can it can play two roles, can't it? It can sometimes it can make it real. So say if you're reflecting on um you've talked to a coach about setting some goals and then actually that process of writing down those goals make it real and then I think there's another way that journaling helps so if you write down something about say your worries or your fears sometimes that has the opposite effect you kind of write it down and you look at it and you think is it true is it real is this fear really real and you can kind of gain a little bit more clarity because sometimes you'll look at what you've written down like maybe like you did as a child when you were writing diaries and you look at what you've written you think oh that's a bit ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) and so it plays these two roles it can bring things to life and make things you know we kind of commit ourselves to some action or actually we can look at it and think nah 
I've got that wrong. Actually, I don't need to worry about this. Or this isn't really, this isn't a real fear. It's not something that is real. It's just lives in my head. And now I've looked at it on paper. It doesn't really make that much sense. I think that's a very powerful point. When we're able to see the thoughts, then they change in their very nature. They they lose some of their impact. They lose some of their power over us. We've, yes. we've sort of manifested them on the page and we can critique them then and choose what we want to do with them. When they're in our minds, when we're thinking about them, they can seem a lot more directive and a lot more powerful than they ought to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love the um, physicality of journaling. Now, even though in in the last episode with Pilar, I was talking about my own uh, reflective practice being primarily digital, every so often it's really nice to sit down with pen and paper and just, you Mm. know, I think the technical term is vomit all your thoughts out onto the page. (laughs) But, you know, just just let it, let rip onto the page and see see what what comes. And, um, it, one thing I've observed and I've had feedback about from my clients over the years is that when you write, and particularly if you're used to living in a very digital working world, when you yeah. write, it forces you to slow down because you can't write as fast as you can yeah. think yeah. as you might in front of a keyboard. Has that been your experience or a feedback you've received? Yeah, absolutely. The process of it, it forces you to think slower, doesn't it? So, you know, our, our minds work at a million miles an hour sometimes, particularly when we're thinking about something negative or we're feeling anxious and actually take just slowing down a little bit, pausing, you know, considering each word and what it really means, I think is quite a powerful thing to be able to do. And I, I mean, I love uh, it's so lovely when you create a product and people kind of share how they use it and it's never mm. quite how you expect. And someone shared a photo yesterday with me of their journal and they'd put you know stickers all over it and little little illustrations and you know it's you can kind of when you've got paper and pen you can go back to being really creative and doing whatever it is that feels right to you and I think that's quite quite powerful we're so we can become so constrained by technology technology is so wonderful isn't it because it's intuitive and it's quick and easy but actually that can constrain us and it can constrain our ability to think more creatively absolutely and also um the the tools we use for work can be the same tools that we want to journal with and that can lead to a bit of um you know overspill from work Mm. to non-work and and having something completely separate having something that's only for you that's nothing to do with work and can give you some clear blue water between the two domains yeah i think i think um I, you know, I'm a massive advocate of home working and flexible working, but, you know, there's lots of research now, isn't there, that being stuck in front of a screen on back-to-back calls has a hugely negative impact on your ability to perform and your ability to think with clarity. And so anything that you can do that just kind of creates a break in your day from being on a screen and from being on back-to-back calls, I think is is positive and just enhances our our feeling of wellness when we're working from home. There's a lovely aspect to writing things down rather than just thinking them through, which is uh, we then are able to go back and look at them again. Is that yeah. something that you explicitly explore? Yeah. So 
so my encouragement, I mean, before I wrote this journal, I always encouraged coaching clients to, to, to journal, to write down the key things that had emerged during the sessions. And, and that, and that is for the sole purpose of being able to go back to them because we, uh, we say things out loud, don't we? You know, we say things that just pop into our heads in in the moment, particularly when we're having a coaching session or something like that. And actually writing it down, you can really reflect on what that means. You know, you can go into that in some depth and you can keep pondering it. And then maybe you can build on it. So you can go back to it and you can, you know, the things that actually you do realise are true and you want to take action on and they feel important. You can then build on that. Know, that statement or that idea and create something kind of meaningful and tangible and maybe action oriented out of it so yeah that ability to just flick back through things and reread is is really powerful and also from the sense of a longer time scale I think it can show real progression so mm-hmm. you know there's something lovely about being able to in one month write down some goals that we want to achieve maybe and gain some clarity about those goals and then three months months later to go back to them and think oh do you know what I've achieved a lot of this stuff that's quite that's quite inspiring it's quite motivating to be able to do that to review reflect you know where we are now versus where we were then absolutely because our memory for those thoughts and emotions is is very fallible isn't it it doesn't really always support us but if we go back and say yeah that's my handwriting they are my (laughs) phrases but you know what um it didn't it didn't pan out that way i was concerned for no reason or yes my you know my thoughts about this served me well and that's something i want to hold on to Exactly. And I think that we can start seeing some patterns as well. You know, we can start seeing some kind of patterns in our thinking. And maybe we look back at what we wrote a month ago and think, you know what, that was, that felt quite negative. And maybe there was some other stuff going on in my life when I wrote that. And I feel like I'm repeating that pattern again. So you can start to see kind of patterns emerging and things like that, that can be really helpful and really grounding. Now, when, when we record these episodes, in, in I was thinking about this on my way into the office this morning. In my mind's eye, and listeners might disabuse me of this notion, <laughs> but in my mind's eye, I always picture people uh, listening to this who, who think, yeah, boss, you know, I'm in my life, how am I going to do this? Whatever the, the thoughts are, whatever the concepts are, we cover. So what I'd really like to do is explore how can a typical, busy, um, hectic, professional out there start a journaling practice (laughs) so you know it's funny that you asked that question because um a couple of months or a month or so after I I launched my journal someone a good friend said to me so how how have you found using it and I thought oh that's a really good question because <laughs> I actually haven't and you know in that I know that that sounds so ridiculous that I've written this thing that I haven't used but you know in the process of writing it I kind of thought well in the process of writing it I have reflexes on each of these hundred questions you know because they're there in the journal for a reason and actually it was such a good point and I then built time into my week to sit down and 
start working through the questions myself. And that mm-hmm. was really reassuring to me from the point of view of someone that's written something because I thought, oh, this is great. This actually really works. <laughs> but also, <laughs> you know, at that time, so I would do things like, I would build in really lovely places to do this. So I would take the dog for a walk and sit on the bench by the river and spend half an hour reflecting on a particular question, something that was worrying me that week. Or I would, you know, I think, oh, do you know what? I'm traveling on a train into London rather than sitting on my laptop as I normally do and catching up on work I'm going to take that time journaling and so you know you never regret that time I think that's you know whether you're just sitting and reflecting or whether you're sitting and journaling you will never think that was that was misspent time I, I should have been doing something else you'll always get something really positive from that process and I think it's a reflection on the way the world is generally and maybe the world has always been this way but I don't think we give ourselves enough time to reflect and that creates all sorts of problems and I'm definitely guilty of it you know I'm I'm busy I run two businesses I'm a single mum um, and I don't often pause to reflect. And and what can happen is one day you wake up and you realise you're working towards all these things and you're not even sure if they're the right things. Because in the last month or two months or three months, you haven't actually spent an hour reflecting on what you're doing or why you're doing it. So, you know, everyone has to do what works for them. You know, you, you build time into your day. But I just... I've I've come to learn over the last couple of years that reflection time is like a non-negotiable. There are certain things in my life that are non-negotiables because I need them to be well. Exercise, I need that to be well. You know, I look at my diary and I think I don't have time to go for a run this week. Well, something else is going to have to be dropped because I need that to be well. And I've I've now done the same with these periods of reflection. They're non-negotiable. I need to build them into each week, ideally, even if it's just 30 minutes to just pause and sit and reflect. I never, ever, I never regret taking that time. It's always time well spent. And I, I like the way that you framed that um, it, from a couple of perspectives. One is there's no absolute amount of time you must dedicate to this. No. And secondly... Once you form a habit, it feels strange not to do it. Um, and, and yet it's a flexible one. You know, as long as you've got it in there, you can do it wherever you have your journal with you. If you've got pen and paper, you can do this. So to, to manage expectations among listeners, this isn't, I must have my 90 minutes <laughs> per day on my special journaling cushion. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I have an intention to do this and I could really start small, right? And work up over time until I hit that sweet spot of, yes, this is really benefiting me and I'll, I'll keep going with it. But you're not asking people to carve out hours and hours per week, are you? Not at all. And I really like your point about habits and habits are are an important point for so many parts of our life, aren't they? Because the small habits, the little things that we do every day and every week, they kind of, they might seem inconsequential, but they ladder up to really, really great stuff. You know, so whether that's time, 30 minutes here and there spent reflecting or just you know, 10 minutes going for a walk before you start your day or taking breaks where you do something that is good for your well-being in some way. All of these little habits ladder up ultimately to a much more successful week, a much more successful and content month, a much 
more wonderful year. And I, I often um, point out that habits are the manifestation of our values. And yet yeah. when we're really busy and focusing on getting stuff done, um, reflection can go out the window. We can yeah. see it as a, a luxury. <laughs> and therefore we might repeat mistakes or get into routines that don't serve as well. So this can serve as this, this reflection point can serve as an opportunity to notice that there's other ways of doing things um, without, you know, turning our life um, upside down, but to try new small things because we've noticed what works for us and what yeah. doesn't work for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and like you said, it doesn't have to be big chunks of time, just even just five minutes sometimes, particularly if you, you know, you talked in your previous podcast about self-awareness, you know, it's about getting to the point where you can really understand and almost sort of preempt what you need. So maybe you're feeling a bit triggered by something, maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. It's about having the awareness to know that and then working out what's going to work for you to sort of solve that. And often, yeah, reflection is a really powerful thing that you can do to to just feel better and just make sure that you're on, on a path to somewhere that you actually want to go. So there's a few things I'm getting from your description of journaling practice that can support our self-awareness. One is very simply learning from experience, you yeah. know, where maybe we get, we come through something and then we write about it and say, okay, here's what I can take from that experience, negative, positive, whatever it might be. I'm learning from the experience. Yeah. Another seems to be to be able to bring our values and behaviors closer together. If we're taking the time to figure out what's really important to us, then we're saying to ourselves, well, why why am I not doing more of that stuff if it's important mm. to me? And so I can notice the opportunity to, to do more of that. And maybe there's an element here about being able to cultivate a different relationship with our thoughts and emotions. We don't have mm. to do what they say. We're processing them on paper. We're working through them, um, not as problems to be solved, but as things that we can look at from different perspectives. Yeah, and I, I I love your last point because I think we can all fall into a trap of automatically assuming that what we feel must be correct, you know, but our brain is this kind of super processor, isn't it? And it it picks up on cues and it filters out information and it doesn't always do it in the right way because sometimes we can get into habits that mean that our you know, our, our reticular activating system notices things that perhaps aren't negative and then it starts noticing more and more and more of those things. So, you know, just just kind of building that awareness around what's actually happening when I think in a way that perhaps isn't serving me well or I act in a way that isn't serving me well. What's really going on in my mind that's kind of creating these scenarios? You know, and sometimes your, your output might be actually it's not me. It is a contextual thing. It is an environmental thing it is an environmental thing. It is something that someone else is actually doing. But all of this stuff is useful information. But we often are so bombarded with possibilities, aren't we, in thoughts and feelings. And we just, we, we can't make sense of them while we're kind of busy racing around, going from call to call, meeting to meeting, picking up kids, you know, walking the dog. Mm. All of these things kind of clouds what's actually really important and this is 
this is how coaching works, isn't it? It's not it's not ever about a coach or a therapist telling their client what to do. It's about actually giving them that space and calm and asking really good questions and allowing that, you know, allowing these thoughts to become clearer. We, we, our brain is a kind of tangle of ideas, isn't it? And, and thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and actually allowing ourselves the time space to just kind of untangle those things and gain some clarity is where actually we can really move forward and get unstuck and start motoring towards stuff that matters and setting goals that actually really matter and prioritizing things in a way that matter. And this is a really useful point. It's the so what of the reflection that matters, isn't it? Because yeah. it, that that distinguishes it, to my mind anyway, um, from rumination, where we're just going over and over negative things. There's no output except upsets. Whereas if we're reflecting, we understand something better, we, we take the time to maybe look at it from different perspectives, but there's a, okay, so what now moment yeah. that doesn't really happen with rumination. And so reflection implies learning and maybe doing something differently. And I think that's at the heart of self-awareness. I've learned something about myself. And so that is ideally going to be translated into keep, keep doing it, do more of it or stop doing it rather yeah. than, oh, I'm going to just let myself fall into this trap again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, so the aha journal that had every question has space for, you know, the so what bit. So what have you learned and, and what might you do? What are the actions that you might take in response to what you've learned? Because I think that is really, that is really important. It's something about kind of gently holding ourselves to account for things. And I think that can really help us to build self-awareness and, and, and changing the stuff that we want to change. So the journaling process isn't going to look identical for everyone. It isn't going to take the same amount of time for everyone, but there's some principles about reflection in here that sound really useful. And if what we want to write about is, isn't necessarily something we would feel comfortable saying to another human being, then journaling is a great alternative rather than bottling it up or simply holding on to those thoughts and believing them to be true. There's some, some key mm -hmm. principles here in, in journaling. So what works for you may not work for me, may not work for our listeners and vice versa. I'd hate for anyone to hear this and think, I must do it this way. You're saying, <laughs> no, whatever works for you. That the main point here is that you take some time to do it and you see what comes of it. Yeah. So, so the beauty of this is that we're all so different. You know, no two journals when completed would ever be the same, not even close. Everyone's thoughts and feelings and experiences are completely different. And that's the beauty of it, isn't it? I think, I think quite often, you know, you talked about that sort of process of looking back. And actually, I think you can reread what you've written sometimes and get this lovely sense of who am I? You know, how do I feel? What do I think? What do I want? And, uh, you know, the what do I want is a really, is a really important question, isn't it? It comes up in coaching sessions a lot and almost never does anyone that I coach have 
a clear answer for that question. And actually, when I turned it back on myself, I really struggled to answer it too. I spoke to the co-founders of Human Ones yesterday and I said, what do you want? And they both said, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it sounds like such a similar question. And probably if you haven't reflected on it, you would go around thinking, I know exactly what I want. I know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And actually, almost never, people almost never have a very, very clear answer to that question so even if all journaling helps you do is get you a little bit closer to an answer to what do you want then that's that feels like it could be really positive that's really interesting to me because if i think about that question for myself um i know answers glib answers off the cuff (laughs) answers that i would give if i was asked that and so many of those answers would be contextually driven they would be a function of what i'm feeling in the moment um emotionally the answer could be a sandwich and a cup of coffee (laughs) um or it could be something that i've just done and oh, i want more of that whereas moving the to t- a different country perhaps yes, exactly <laughs> more sunshine more sunshine um and yeah taking this step back and looking at the trend of our, our thinking looking at the trend of our behavior seeing what works for us we can think oh no that's what i want actually yeah. it's not what's happening right now and it's not something that's transient or impermanent like happiness it's something yeah. deeper isn't it yeah absolutely what matters you know, answers. If you spend, if you spend even just ten minutes a week, just reflecting really deeply on where you are and what you want, you those ten minutes will give you such fascinating and wonderful insight into into yourself and you know what what you're doing, why you're doing it, what you want to change. You know, and all of these things get us closer to answering that big question: What do you want? And it comes from within, doesn't it? Which is a really important point here because a lot of the time, um, because of the societies that we live in, we're kind of told what we should want (laughs) from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. And stepping back from that is a challenge, but it's possible. And maybe it's experiences, it's relationships, probably not things for many of us, that are really, really important. And yet all we hear all day is, this is a thing that will make you happy. This is a thing you need to be complete. It's It sounds like taking the time to think these things through and write about them really reveals those things to be impermanent and not yeah. that helpful. Whereas, oh, that hour I spent with a friend was the best hour of my week. And it yeah. involved nothing but a chat yeah. and a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. And there are there are other journals out there like gratitude journals. And I really like the idea of these. And, you know, you can write down every day your thought, your, you know, your, in the morning, you know, first thoughts of the day, sort of positive intentions. And then at the end of the day, what's been great about today. And that process of sort of thinking positively can really help you get in your brain kind of geared up towards noticing more positive things and you know if you look back over say a gratitude journal over the course of a a a week or a month that all that there will be so much great stuff won't there you know even if it's just like you say a quick walk in the sunshine or you know your dog doing something cute or you know who knows what different things are different people but all of these little things can add up to just this feeling of you know life is actually pretty good and and 
this is this is the stuff that makes me really happy and therefore I'd quite like more of that and you're right what I want more of what most people want more of ultimately when you really reflect on it isn't more stuff if we can get past the barrage of um, <laughs> advertising and, and and those comparisons we make to other people, yeah. absolutely, we can yeah. we can find a sense of purpose and meaning with some quite straightforward things, quite quite yeah, simple things. Absolutely. So it contributes to a sense of honesty and self awareness as well, isn't it? When yeah. we can be really clear with ourselves, um, but only if we take the time to do this, rather than juggle all the thoughts and feelings in our minds, which you know, is, is like multitasking, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's not going to be as effective. It's just the way you talk about it just gives me this sense of calm. And I think that's what this is about, really. Journaling is about, it's about creating more calm in your lives. And we could all do with more of that, couldn't we? I, I will say a big hearty yes to that. <laughs> A big, a big yes. So listen, it's it's been fantastic um, to speak with you today. I really want to thank you for, for taking the time. I'm going to link in the show notes um, where people can find out more about you and your, your journal and um, its benefits. Anything final you'd like to throw into the mix for listeners? Oh, just, um, I guess my, my thoughts and reflections at, at this point in time really focus on just finding wonder in small things. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying this um, weekly ritual of taking photos and little video clips of just little snippets of wonder, and it might just be, you know, beautiful flower, or bird flying, or you know, just whatever it is that. And and this process has really helped me be feel very very positive at the end of each day noticing the little things and so I guess that's just that's sort of in addition to the aha journal what the aha journal is all about kind of noticing wonder and noticing beauty in the everyday and so that's I guess that's my leaving thought how can you do more of that how, how can you pay more attention to the good stuff that's going on around us that's lovely. I really like that. Thank you so much. Well, look, uh, a final thank you from me. Um, listeners, you'll be able to find the show notes for this uh, episode at worklifepsych.com forward slash podcast forward slash 140. So we just keep it nice and simple. This is episode 140. Um, please get in touch with your thoughts, your questions, or even your examples of how you have cultivated a journaling practice. I would love to hear um, how this is working for you or if you decide to start on the back of this conversation I think we'd both be thrilled uh, to learn about that and you can send us an email at podcast at worklifepsych.com but for now thank you for joining us and thank you for listening thanks for downloading this episode of my pocket psych to get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com contact. Thanks for listening.